Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I have uh, a new show for you today. All of them are new, obviously, but this is kind of a new topic that we haven't done a ton of talking about so far on the podcast, but it's honestly one that I'm actually quite passionate about, um, and it is parenting, <laughs> parenting, parenting. So many of you know that I'm working on my third book right now. Um, it's in the process of being pitched to the publishing houses, and I'm so excited about it. It's called All the Things I Wish I Knew, Life Lessons from a Life Coach, and it's literally 101 lessons, so there's a lot there. Um, but one of the sections is parenting. Part five of the book is all on parenting. And it's something, like I said, that I've had a lot of passion around and have done coaching, um, parent coaching for years and years and years. Um, I've worked with MBA wives. I've, um, you know, worked with women in my coaching circle and before that one-on-one for a long, long time. Um, Because I, I think not, I don't think I know that as a mom, my first and foremost responsibility, and I truly believe this, is to teach my children, to be their coach and their teacher. Um, obviously, love comes before that, but other than, other than that, I consider those my two greatest roles and responsibilities as their parent. Um, not just to protect them, not just to keep them safe, um, not just to do everything for them, but literally since my children were infants, I have been teaching them things. And I think a lot of times we forget that our kids don't know things, <laughs> you know, we'll talk to them and expect them to understand exactly what we're talking about and be on our level, um, when things were never explained to them in the first place or taught to them in the first place. And they're just kind of expected to pick it up and figure it out. Um, and so for me, it's always been really, really important to be that teacher, be that one that um, explains to them how things work, points it out when it happens, all that kind of stuff. And so that um, I want to share some of those tips and tools on today's show. And that's what I'm writing about in the book as well. Um, so when I'm talking about being our kids' teacher or their coach, I literally started out with Caden, my oldest son, um, my oldest child, when he was an infant. From the second he (laughs) came out, um, he was crying like most babies do, and I immediately started talking to him, and I had been talking to him, obviously, through my whole pregnancy, and he instantly silenced and he looked up at me and it was this moment where like everyone in the delivery room was like oh my god he knows your voice whatever um and from that moment on i i pointed out everything here he was like one month old and i'd be like these are bubbles they're in the bath bubbles come from (laughs) whatever you know so i'd be having all these kind of um teaching conversations with him and i would carry him around in the little uh you know bjorn pack everywhere I went, I would do my, the dishes and the laundry and whatever. And he would go everywhere with me. And 
the whole time I was talking to him. So I wasn't just like, oh, goo goo gaga, <laughs> you know. I was explaining to him what I was doing. I was asking him how he was feeling. He's like a three-month-old baby, right? Um, but it got me in the habit and the practice of teaching. And so as my kids began to grow, all three of them had a very um, developed vocabulary from like the time they could talk. Uh, and it was, I, I truly believe it was part of that ongoing dialogue um, that I've always kind of kept with them. And so it goes to things like, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly, constantly teaching them, probably to the point where they get so annoyed. But I think one of the best ways to teach our kids lessons or teach them how things work is in the moment when it's happening. So even if we're watching a show on TV and something comes up that I think they might not understand or understand the reference to, I will quickly fill them in. I will tell them, you know, what's going on, why, you know, um, the backstory behind things, just so that they can have um, that greater understanding and um, knowledge. And so the other kind of big uh, role I believe that I have is of their coach. And that doesn't just mean their number one cheerleader, which of course I am, um, but it means that I give them tools and understanding on how to deal with different situations that life presents to them. Um, my dream for them is that they know how to navigate all kinds of situations, that they will have the tool set to understand what to do in various situations. Um, and this was really true for me in the very beginning of my single parenthood. I remember when I moved into uh, this tiny little shitty apartment um, for the first time and realized it was just me and my kids in this place. Um, there was not a lot of other people in our life at the time. Definitely no one who just kind of would swing by or stop over or whatnot. And, you know, I had two literally toddlers, they were like, you know, 13 months old, 14 months old, and a five-year-old. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh my God, what if something were to happen to you? Like, what if I have a heart attack and just drop dead? I'm gonna have three babies in this house and no one's gonna check on us for like a week. Like, it just was totally one of those terrifying thoughts where, um, you know, as a parent, you're like, oh my God, I have to I have to prepare my kids. I have to prepare my kids for the world. I have to let them know what to do in various situations so that if something were to happen, they would know what to do. No, of course, I didn't tell my kids, hey kids, by the way, <laughs> if I drop dead, this is what you do. Instead, I made sure from the time they could talk that they memorized my phone number. Um, you know, I told them, I did have the, the conversation, especially with Kanan, you know, if you ever need help, this is where you go. This is what you do. Um, and I also started at a very young age teaching them basic things like how the house works, you know, like after meals, we clean up. Here's how we clean up. You put dishes away. And so every now and then on Facebook, one of those um, past memories will pop up and it will be of like my my daughters, you know, before they're two years old, loading the dishwasher. Um, but those were all the, the type of skills that in the back of my head, 
I was like, I want my kids to just know things. I want them to know how to handle uh, life situations. I want them to feel prepared, um, feel like they are not, you know, so dependent that, um, God forbid, if anything happens, small or big, they would panic or freak out. I didn't want that, right? Um, And so I've always kind of tried to point that out, I guess, or instill that in them and then build confidence along the way, like give them kind of little tasks and um, be that coach that uh, injects them. And I I truly do. I I literally think of it as an injection, Um, injects them with confidence and teaches them how to talk to themselves. Um, So we don't allow the word can't in our house. Um, Obviously, we don't allow the word hate in our house, any of those types of things. I want them to understand how important um, their words are, how important it is, what they say to themselves how um, it directly affects their outcomes. And so, you know, an example, uh, my son, when he was in fifth grade, he started playing football and he really liked it, but, um, you know, (laughs) he wasn't probably the greatest football player out there. He was just learning. Um, He was a little heavier set as a kid and um, a little slower, very timid, very shy. Um, but the more he started doing it and the, the more we worked on what he tells himself, not like, oh, I'm slow, I can't do it, da, da, da. We really started building that confidence in him. Um, hey, I love this. I, I go out, I do really well. I don't get winded when I run. I'm getting faster every day. Just things like that, right? So it started to build up his confidence and each year he got better and better um, and he had several injuries along the way. And each time he would be faced with an obstacle like that, um, an injury, we would go right back to just injecting those outcomes that we wanted. You're going to be okay. You're going to recover from this. You're going to be stronger than ever. All of those types of things so that he wouldn't um, then get down on himself and all of those things, especially when he had his um, complete knee ACL um, reconstruction surgery his uh his junior year and i think being able to give him really kind of specific skill sets rather than saying oh honey you're gonna be fine you know you're gonna be fine everything's fine everything's fine um you know parents if you can kind of stay away from that generality all the better because just like someone telling you everything's gonna be fine when you feel like your world's crashing it makes you want to punch them in the face (laughs) does the same thing for our kids. Like give them something to hang on to. Give them a skill set. Tell them some specific things. Say, honey, I know this is tough right now. I know this sucks. I feel it. I'm sorry you're going through this. But guess what? We want to make it better as fast as we can. And one of the ways that we have control over that is by telling ourselves the outcome that we want. And so we tell ourselves, I'm going to recover. I'm going to be better than ever. I'm going to be stronger than ever. I can't wait till I'm out there. We imagine that day when we get to be back out there. So kind of whatever your child is going through and whatever age, I've been using these same skill sets on my kids since the day they were born, honestly. So you can start from infancy on up. Um, 
the more that they know what to do um, in various situations and when they're feeling, you know, my, my daughters are in middle school. <laughs> that has not been the easiest thing in the world, especially us ladies. We can remember middle school. Um, and so being able to give them um, the tools to build their own confidence and say, hey, I'm a great friend. I'm a loyal friend. I'm a really nice person. I'm kind. I'm smart. You know, building that story for them, um, for them to be able to have the confidence so that not everything that happens around them, especially in, a, in an environment uh, with middle school and just how tough it is already, um, that they have a, that solid foundation um, and know what to do, know how to kind of make decisions. They're understanding that process a little bit better. Um, and so the other thing that I wanted to chat about a little bit because it came up this week in, um, in coaching circle, and I loved this. I thought it was such a great um, example of what all of us parents go through <laughs> is, you know, how every couple months, at least that's how it was in, in my house, like maybe every, I don't know, three or four months, you just have a couple days where you're like, what the fuck just happened to the energy in this house? Right? It's just tense. It's everything you say. Someone's like rah, 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 about it. Um, and a couple days goes by like that and it just sucks. Like every member of the house can feel it. Um, you feel like you could just snap the tension with a rubber band, you know, it just, it's the worst. Um, and it also kind of just feels like, man, is this just how it's going to be <laughs> from now on out? We're just going to be snappy to each other and, you know, I'm going to have to be nagging all the time and no one's going to do it and just all of that. It sucks to be in one of those um, kind of energy suck cycles, I call them. Uh, but here's the thing. You 110% can change that entire vibe in your home. And ladies, this also goes for your husband or your partner. Um, you can do the same thing with them as you do with your kids. You can literally break that kind of negative cycle and create brand new positive energy in your house in about 24 to 48 hours. And I know it seems crazy, but that is one of the things that is 100% in your control. It's not in your control if, you know, your partner is being, you know, whatever, going through stuff and being snappy, like you can't get in his head and tell him to act different no matter how hard you try, right? Um, and the same with your kids, you're not in their body making, <laughs> making them act the way you want, even though we're always trying to kind of control a lot of things that aren't in our control. But the one thing that is completely in your control is to change your energy and your vibe and the vibe you inject into the house and as soon as you do that, you're going to start to see a massive turnaround that is so much faster than you can imagine. So I'm going to give you um, the quick kind of tips on how to do that. And understand that when it's gotten to this point, the last thing in the entire world you're going to want to do is inject positivity, right? Because at this point, you're probably going to feel wronged. You're going to feel like you're in the right. You're going to feel like everyone in the house owes you an apology. 
you might even feel like a martyr or a victim or just pissed off, whatever the case is. Um, but if you truly want it to change, you can 100% turn that entire uh, ship around. It just is going to require you to suck it up and do it. Um, and that's going to be the hardest part of the whole thing. You just have to literally, I always imagine myself closing my eyes just like I would on a roller coaster and just being like, oh my God, just get me through this. Okay. So that's fine. If you're going into it with that attitude, perfectly acceptable. Um, because no one wants to be the one to kind of really rise above when you're, uh, feeling that way, but trust me, it's going to work. Okay. So that's the first part of it. The second piece is you want to, and let's say you find yourself in that situation today, right? You can kind of let today go if you want. You can let that be your last day of just <clears throat> feeling some type of way, right? But then you make the commitment, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and I am going to turn this around. I'm going to make this conscious decision to turn it around. And so you inject positivity and um, uplifting into every member of your household like 300%, okay? So it's gonna seem like this dramatic, almost like bipolar change, like what the hell happened to her, you know? And the first day you're gonna get resistance still because they're just gonna be like, whatever, like what, what? I don't know what's happening right now, okay? So for an example, if your kid has been the one that's been just maybe like back talking or having to nag, whatever, right? So let's, let's say your kid is the one that's kind of, where the angst is coming from. I want you to literally go through that day and just inject them with positivity. Say, you know what, honey, I'm, you look so beautiful and happy today. Um, what are you working on today? You're really great at that. So pick out things that they're doing well, even if what comes to mind is the 90% that they're not doing well, right? So you're looking for those kind of little things, doesn't matter how small they are, and say, you know what, thank you so much for doing that. That's, I really appreciate that. That was amazing of you. Um, and so the whole day, you're just going above and beyond, above and beyond, and you're ignoring everything else. Okay, that's that's the big key. Even if there's some things you wanna have change. For this day, we are just going completely opposite of what we, you know, how we've been feeling, because we need to get the energy to change and we can address, you know, any, any more substantial changes later. So that first day, understand that's gonna be hard for you. It's gonna feel super weird. Um, and you might get kind of strange vibes from everyone in your house. They're just kind of like, what's up, right? Do it again the second day, right? Just force yourself, nope, we're gonna stay in this. We're gonna, I'm gonna look for all the positive things in my partner. I'm not going to put him down once today or nag him once today. Instead, I'm gonna thank him for all the things he does great. Um, I'm gonna go above and beyond. I'm gonna be more affectionate to the members of my family. Um, I'm gonna give hugs today. I'm gonna give love today, right? So you're just really going out there. So on day two, you're gonna start to feel that rubber band of tension start to ease. and depending on what your family vibe is normally, it will either e ease dramatically on day two or it'll just kind of lighten the vibe a little bit. And then you know, okay, I'm doing it great, right? You go into day three, you're gonna really start to see a massive change. You're gonna start to see the walls come down from the people in your house who are giving you kind of that angst vibe back. And you're gonna start to see openness happen. 
right? Guys, I could even do this with my teenagers. And this is stuff I used to do, you know, with my kids when they were three years old and they were going through those no, no, no phases, right? I could reset that energy. And when they were smaller, it would be a day and we'd be totally on a reset. No matter how frustrated I was, no matter how um, tense things had gotten or frustrating things had gotten, if I did this for a day when they were younger, I could turn the vibe completely um, in a day. Now, you know, when you're dealing with teenagers, teenagers, it might take two days. <laughs> but I am telling you, by the end of that week, you are going to be like, oh, my God. Like, I'm kind of in love with my family. I'm kind of in love with my partner. I did not realize it would be this easy. I feel so light. We have new dialogue happening. We're hanging out in a different way. We're talking. We're interacting. Um, when I need something done, I can have a conversation and they will step up and do it. So it's, it's a really powerful technique to focus on controlling what's within your power, which is your energy and the vibe you are giving out to literally change the vibe in your entire house. Um, so I know us ladies who are control freaks, we're always looking for the ways that we can kind of control everything. But guess what? When you're doing that, when you're trying to control other people or how they act or how whatever, all of that's outside of your control. And so it just makes them more frustrated with you and you more frustrated with them. So it essentially perpetuates the negative cycle to a boiling point or a breaking point if it's not checked, right? This way, you're actually getting that control in the long run because you're getting the outcome that you want, which is um, to have that openness and to relieve that, that stress um, and tension. So it's really, really powerful. Nothing feels better either. Like you're like, oh my God, I'm super mom. <laughs> um, I can do anything. And so remember, you can do that as a reset. I just call it your reset. You can do that as a reset in your relationship. So if you're, you know, lots of couples I know have been spending a whole lot more time together last year than they normally would. And that has its ebbs and flows, right? And so if you find yourself in that space of, man, we're just on each other, like not feeling it, um, kind of everything I'm saying is getting argued at or just not landing right, do that reset. Commit to it for at least three days and just see what happens. You're going to be shocked, literally shocked um, at how quickly you can turn that around and bring in the closeness that you want and kind of relieve uh, your own walls and tension, but also theirs as well. Um, okay, I have so much to talk about on parenting. I think in this section alone um, of the book, I have, shit, like 20, <laughs> 23 lessons. Um, so lots and lots. Um, I think I will leave you maybe with one more tip, and then maybe I'll do a part two uh, on this. So my last tip uh, for you today, especially, especially if you have younger children, and by younger, I mean like, I don't know, 12 and under maybe, so not just babies, um, get on a schedule. If you're not on a schedule already, God, I don't know how you're surviving. <laughs> schedule will save your life. And I have to tell you, like, 
I was never the person before I had kids. I was never the person who was like, oh, I got to have my babies on a schedule and my kids on a schedule. And I would actually look at those moms and be like, God, they're so rigid, you know, like no one's going to take away my life like that type thing. Um, and, but then when, especially when I became a single mom, um, even more so I was, I was good, you know, good about kids going to bed at a certain time and all that stuff before then. But when I became a single mom, and especially once I got a job and started working, um, there was <laughs> there was no other way. Like it had to be scheduled um, for survival. And one of the things I did, you know, immediately, thank God, was I've always had nighttime routines with my kids since the day they were born. Um, I sing them a song. We do a, a prayer. We have a moment where I lay on the bed and we talk. And we've always, always done that. Um, And so I made sure that I kept that tradition through the divorce and through all of, you know, that hard stuff, um, which I'm so grateful that I did so that the kids didn't um, have any change up in that Um, and then have kept it ever since. And I'm telling you, so my kids went to bed at eight o'clock, period. There was no, um, no discussion about it until they were about 12 years old, all of them. Um, I just now, my girls are 13. They now have a nine o'clock, um, bedtime. So that first it was eight 30 and then now it's nine. Um, it will never be later than nine 30. Even my son who's 18 has a nine 30 bedtime. He gets up super early. So that's kind of his body clock anyway. Um, now, but it, having that kind of routine has been so important for, for one thing, it was the thing that saved me as a parent. Cause I knew, from eight o'clock on the house would be quiet and I could get all the stuff done that I needed to, to be done because while I was home with them, um, and this was, you know, back when they were younger and I, I had to go to work at my corporate job, I would come home and I would only have a couple hours a day with them from maybe five thirty or six till eight. That's not much time. Right. And I've always had a very keen sense of, of the fact that time is going by very quickly. If, I don't know if you guys are like that, but I've had that sense my whole life. Um, And so in those two and a half or three hours, they were precious to me. That's when I would go off the grid, turn my phone off. Um, I wouldn't do household chores. I would literally take them to the park and play. We would eat, you know, we'd play Legos on the floor or whatever. Like that was their time Um, and then their bedtime routine. And then once they were in bed, then I could get all the stuff done I needed to do or work on my side hustle or just sit down and watch reality TV with a glass of wine, right? So that routine just saved me in those those years when it was a lot that I was juggling, when it was exhausting, exhausting, exhausting. Um, so even if you think you can't get your kids on a routine because you're like, oh, my kid just is one of those kids that goes to bed at one in the morning, guess what? No kid on the planet is one of those kids that go to bed at midnight or whatever. Okay. The only reason why they do that is because you've allowed them to do that. And you as a parent need to stop allowing that because that's not healthy for your child. Okay. And I say that because I've literally have known so many parents who did that, who are just like, yeah, my kid goes to bed when they go to bed. Um, no, no, no. (laughs) You're their parent. You get to make those rules. You get to decide. Um, and you want them to be healthy, right. And their body needs that. Uh, it's so important for their growth. So getting your child, especially 
little kids or, or toddlers that um, don't want to sleep alone or don't sleep through the night or whatever um, on a schedule and on a routine can be tough. I get that. Um, I've helped so many parents uh, enact one of those schedules. And I actually did like live-ins for about a week while we did that because they were, they're so tough. Um, but if you can get through the first three days of enforcing a schedule, you're going to be good and through the first seven and you'll never look back. So those first three days will be hell, absolute hell, especially if you're trying to get a toddler to sleep and, you know, in their room and sleep through the night. Um, but you just make that commitment that there's no going back. And literally every single time they get out of bed, you put them back in bed. You don't say a word. You don't engage with them. You don't interact with them. You just put them back in bed and you close the door and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again until they finally get it. And they will. Um, and my other tip I want to, uh, leave you with is my kids, since they're very young, I've been playing Jim Brickman, who's a pianist, um, his music to them since, since birth. And there's one of his CDs, I think it's called like, uh, dream something. You can find him anywhere. Um, his be plays beautiful, just piano music. Uh, that was my kids nighttime music. So the second I would put that CD on play, as soon as I put them to bed, their brain was conditioned to go to sleep because that's their sleepy music. And it worked out awesome for like car rides. <laughs> I'd put it on and they would shut right down, go right to sleep because it was their sleeping music. So get those types of um, just consistency if you don't have it already in their life because I'm telling you, it makes your life so much easier and it makes those routines really do help them so much. It really helps them have that sense of um, security and comfort and all of those types of things. And it's going to free up uh, so much just time and space and energy in your own life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, parents, I hope uh, some of these tips were helpful. I know it was a lot, as it typically is with me. Um, but I would love to know your feedback. So please, please engage with me. Uh, comment on my posts in Instagram. Share the podcast if you're finding it helpful. Um, that really is so important, you guys. I know you probably hear that a lot from content creators, but honest to God, like that's the only way that we know what we're doing makes any difference in the world. And no one wants to continue to put content out, especially free content out that gets no feedback, right? And that um, you feel like, okay, well, if no one wants it, then why am I doing this? So I just, I'll leave you with that. If you can pass it on, it means a lot to me. It's, um, and all the other content creators that you follow as well. Um, we love that. It, it makes doing this um, so worth it. So that is all for today. Go hustle and thrive and keep an eye out for part two of parenting. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.